Hey guys, what's going on? Just jumping in here real quick uh, before the episode to let you know that we did have some technical difficulties getting this episode up, so we didn't get it out before the weekend. Uh, therefore, some of the content in here is going to be uh, less than timely, namely the, the golf tournament talk. But uh, still, the episode is very good. There's uh, perfectly good content in here. I hope you guys enjoy it. And so, without further ado, here's Jasper. Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Calvino and Ivan Ocampo. Whoa, everybody, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Hey, how about a little applause from the uh, studio audience? We got no no love here today? All right, all right. Hey, uh, listen, we got a good show. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We have a funky cigar today. Very funky. I'm excited about it. Yep. You know, it's the first time we've ever done this kind of cigar. Uh, we've got, so we're talking about culebras. We're talking some music, uh, a little bit of the cancel culture. We got to talk about it. And a little bit of sports. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of live sports, I should say, because yeah. we've had a lot of uh, 30 for 30s, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, all right. So. Uh, let's let's take a quick break. Let's uh, let's listen to Jasper one more time and then come back on the other side. Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five vitolas a 6.5 by 54 Torpedo, a 6 by 54 Toro, a 6 by 60 Gran Toro, a 5 by 54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas, which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's 6.5 by 52. Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops. So ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram at Artesano Del Tobacco. All right, all right, all right. So, Jasper, hit it. What are we smoking today? All right. So we are smoking... The Brick House Culebra. It is a, uh, it is an event only cigar. Yep. Uh, so it comes in. Th- it's a it's a culebra. So if you don't know what a culebra is, a culebra is three cigars kind of intertwined and made into one, right? And we'll talk a little bit more about how you're supposed to smoke it afterwards. But first, I'll tell you, uh, it's Brick House. So it's a J.C. Newman product. It's made in Nicaragua at their uh, Pensa factory, the J.C. Newman factory in Italy. Uh, the wrappers, it's three different wrappers. So the Culebra, the three different cigars inside the Culebra, are uh, each one has a different wrapper. So you've got a double Connecticut uh, binder, uh, sorry, wrapper. You've got a Maduro and a Natural. I gave you first choice. Yeah. You took the prettiest one. Okay. Which was what? I went with the natural. You went with the natural. Yeah, but uh, I, I but I went with it because I thought you would like the Maduro. 
I, and I do, and I do. So I got the Maduro, and Natalie off Mike <laughs> has the the Connecticut. So or not Natalie, I'm sorry, Natalia. I apologize, Nat Geo. Uh, the binder and the filler are both uh, Nicaraguan. Again, we don't have a price for this because it is an event only cigar. Right. So, uh, and it's also meant to celebrate the 125th anniversary of J.C. Newman. So, uh, really cool. Uh, really cool concept. If you again, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Culebras in a second. But what are your initial thoughts on the windy road that is your <laughs> natural Culebra? Right. So it's a it's a very funky cigar because what you're supposed to it smoke looks funky, yeah. in each individual one. Yep. Like if I didn't know anything about it, I would have lit all three of them at the same time. Yeah, and, and people do make that mistake. Right. But but first, before we get into how you're supposed to do it, sure. how no, is no. it smoking? Because you just, you just lit it like right. I don't know, 10 minutes ago. So I've always been a big fan of the uh, regular brick house. And, um, you, were, you were an early adopter of yes. brick house. You thought that was a great uh, value cigar. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this one is smoking a little more crooked. Than than a nor- than a normal one, but uh, well, but equally to be fair, not the burn line, just the cigar itself is crooked. Exactly, exactly, but equally as good flavor wise so far. So, so yeah, I mean it, it's a fun smoke. Just I mean I I could imagine what what people would think, you know, if you pulled this thing out in in public, <laughs> <laughs> like like my it's got the old crooked stick, sir, hey? sir. Yours is pointing to the left. <laughs> uh, so I've got I've got the Maduro. Uh, and you know, we recently raided the Brickhouse Maduro, so I kind of had it, I have it sort of, uh, close. I, I got what the flavors are like on that cigar. Short term memory. No, I, I've got, recall. I still got them. I still got the recall. Yes. But you know what's strange? I like this. I like this a lot. Like I like it better than smoking the regular. I think we rated it in, in a, in either a six by 50 or a six by 60. And I I like this. I'm enjoying it. I mean, funky curvature aside, it's a it's a good smoke. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm really enjoying it. I've it's got the you know that requisite sort of Maduro type of sweetness with a little bit of that pepper. So really enjoyable smoke. And and it, it is uh, again funky curvy, but it's burning perfectly. Uh, so now how. Well, so let, let's go a little bit into what is a Gulero. So we talked a little bit about it, right? It's three cigars banded together, intertwined, and sold as one or given away as one, as in the case of this one, which is an event cigar. Um, and so the, there's a there's a there's like conflicting stories as to how the Gulero was started. Some stories are that it started in the Philippines. Uh, other stories that it started in Cuba, uh, but what what one of them is, and I think probably one of the more interesting ones is, the cigar rollers were given um, a quota that you, they could only take uh, X number of cigars per day, and so again, this is a myth, this is a legend. I don't know, I can't say this is true or not, but um, but the story is that you know they they would roll these into one and call it one cigar, but then get home and they'd have really three cigars. Mm. So a little bit of trickery from the rollers there. Yeah. I, I don't know the truth of that story. I don't know the truth of any of the stories. You can look them up. There's a bunch of different myths about them. Uh, but the point is that 
how you smoke it is important. You don't try to smoke all three at once. Uh, I have seen people try that, and it is goofy. Uh, it doesn't work. You're drawing from three cigars at the same time. You're drawing air in with the draw. It, it doesn't work. Uh, you're supposed to take it apart. And the cool thing about the size, I think, is that it's kind of meant to be shared. You know, you you buy one of these or you get one of these at an event, and then, like we're doing right now, you've got one, I got the other, and Natalia got the other. So we kind of each are smoking this crooked, weird cigar. And in a strange way, we're all smoking the same cigar. So it's it's kind of neat. Yeah. Right? I I think that that's your phone, sir. The whole time we've been talking about my phone going off. Sorry. Uh so I think I think that's a that's a pretty neat sort of community factor. I think one of the great things about cigars is that they bring people together. And this is kind of an ideal way to do that. And a definite conversation piece. Yeah, if someone walks into the lounge and you're smoking this crooked thing, like, they're like, sir, did you notice you happened? sat on your cigar? <laughs> yeah, it looks it does it does especially mine. Mine looks like I had it in my back pocket and I sat on it in a 4-hour car ride. <laughs> and uh I sweated all over it. Like, Sounds how, disgusting. Like, like, do you know how they make them? Like yeah, they, I mean, they yeah they they purposely sorry I probably screamed on that one. Uh, so they they purposely underfill it a bit so that they can kind of shape it. So they don't give it, for lack of a better term, the backbone that a cigar has, right? Like a a cigar when you when you get a very very cheap cigar, you notice that it has no backbone. You can bend it, uh, and that's because there's not enough tobacco in there. Uh, and it hasn't been um, put into a mold long enough. So that's how they do this. They they underfill it, and they don't put it into a mold. So they do this by hand, and then they shape it Twirl so it that all then, three kind of go together. And, and then, then tie the ends. And that's it. Yeah. And so that's why they're not the prettiest looking things, because they look like a, like what we said. It just It's curvy. It's weird. But, but it is a unique kind of smoking experience if you... If you want to get, you know, if you want to try that out again, my favorite part about it uh, is that community component where you go, you know what, dude, I just got this thing. Yep. Let's go to town. You get that one, you get that one, and I get this one. And that's so. I think that's a that's a neat feature about it, especially in these times with all the crazy sh- crap going on. Uh, I love I love the that part of cigars. It's one of the one of the things that I love the most about cigars is that they bring people together. So, um, so I think this is a, a, a very cool way to do that. Uh, staying on the cigar topic, right? But veering off a little bit, we'll come back to to the uh, J.C. Newman or Brickhouse Culebra in a second. An unorthodox type of uh, things to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Steve Saka uh, has has announced. Uh, Steve Saka, obviously, uh, Cigar of the Year in, in 2019 was uh, the Sin Compromiso from Steve Saka. How about a horn, Jasper? little horn? Ah, thank you. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the club horn. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I, whenever it goes off, I imagine somebody like veering on the road as they're listening to the podcast because it does it does sound like a like a truck is pulling up next to you or a train. Uh so anyway, Steve Saka of Sin Compromiso fame uh, has announced that he's releasing a STFU sampler, which is Saka's Taste for Yourself hmm. sampler. It sounds like STFU I, was something else always yeah, to me. Yeah, something else. Yeah, I don't know. 
Steve, let us know if uh, if that's what you had in mind. But uh, uh, but see, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the quote from his uh, his release. I'm tired of people telling. Uh, I'm tired of telling people that sobre mesa burlay is not sweet tipped. Many agree, but others don't believe me. So how do I prove a negative? Simple. I let you taste, compare, contrast, and decide for yourself. Included are five identical cigars of the Berlay blend, with the only difference being that there are three versions included. So it's five cigars, but three different versions. Unadulterated, a.k.a. normal Berlay, uh, sugar-tipped, and double-sugar-tipped. Here's the catch. I am not going to tell you which is which until September 15, 2020, via Facebook Live on our DTT page. DTT being Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. So smoke them debate about it and decide for yourself. So I think this is a, an interesting way to attack this problem. Um, what, what do you think about it before I, I go off a little bit on it? It's definitely, he's definitely thinking outside the box. I haven't heard, um, you know, in those circles, people saying that, um, that uh, the cigars have been sugar tipped, but I mean, I'm sure. I mean, people are talking about if if he's if Steve's gone yeah, through the trouble that of, much, of yeah. yeah of of doing this. Uh, so I imagine that you know the 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 branding and the packaging associated with this really had a lot to do with the perception. If he's thinking like, listen, these aren't sugar tipped, and we're, we're going to put it to the test. So I think that has a lot to do with it. So I don't. I I, don't, I really don't know. Yeah, I think that you know if there's anyone who's kind of a straight shooter in this business, oh, in the absolutely. cigar business. Steve Saka is as straight a shooter as they come. Uh, so so I believe him, but I don't have to believe him, which is the good part. I don't have to believe him because we smoke cigars blind when we're rating them. And we have tasted that creme brulee, and, and it it's not sugar-tipped. No. It, it's not at all. Like, we, you tasted it blind, I tasted it blind, uh, Nick tasted it blind. So we, we've all tasted it blind and never thought that it was sugar. That never even crossed our mind. Absolutely not. I think that the key here is that people see the name creme brulee and they, th or it's not creme brulee, <laughs> it's soda mesa brulee. But you think creme brulee and you think dessert and you think, oh, wow, that cigar is going to be sweet. It's going to have a sugar tip. And you automatically think that it does. And so, and I think that that speaks to like the power of packaging. I, I like I said, I I know that it that it's not sugar tipped because we smoke them blind. So we're not when we're smoking it, we're not susceptible to that packaging or that subliminal messaging, if if uh, if that's the word for that. Um, but do you, is are there any other products that you can think of that that do that? Like I I, I remember in the past, like certain brands uh, rebranding. Mm -hmm. And us smoking, uh, one that comes to mind was when Camacho rebranded. I remembered liking a, I think, I'm not sure, I think it was the SLR back in the day. Uh, the Camacho SLR, I remember got rebranded and I remembered liking it more when I tasted it with the new packaging. It was the same exact cigar, like the same exact one. And when we smoked it blind, it, it proved that, but when they gave it to me and I smoked it with the packaging, I was like, oh, my God, this is this is nice. I was like, really? It's the same SLR that you were kind of eh, about back then. Right. So uh, so packaging does uh, it kind of sets you up. 
right? So can you think of, of anything that, that has uh, set you up like that in the past? Any examples like that? I mean, I think the, the industry is full of excellent cigars that probably don't put much into the packaging, and I think it, it affects it negatively, and then vice versa. Cigars that probably aren't as good like and overpackaged, have, and then they overpackage them, and they and they talk great things about them. I, I'm not going to mention any by name, but yeah. I have I I know tons of people that that uh, that are fans of certain cigars that I don't consider great, yet they are very loyal to these cigars. Why don't you chime in and tell us what cigar <laughs> Ivan is talking about? Tweet us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I agree. Look. Uh, Let's let's get out of cigars for a second and talk about it. I always use this when I'm trying to help a cigar company understand the importance of packaging. So when you go to a comedy show, you've paid your 30 bucks to be there, whatever it was. Uh, 30 bucks is a crappy one, right? I don't know. I don't know nowadays. <laughs> but uh, So you've paid the money. You're sitting there. You've got your drinks. You want to laugh. You're ready to laugh. That guy gets up there and says some very normal shit. Pardon my cursing. And and you're already laughing. You're laughing because you think it's fun. But it's it's because you're kind of predisposed to laugh. And and in cigars, it, that happens too. In, in beers, it happens. In whiskeys, it happens. Wine, in wine, it wine, happens. Wine, I never go after the wine with the best label. I always stay away because I'm like, oh, they're trying to get me. This no, you're you're like Miami suck. jaded. And, <laughs> no, your yours is a case. You're you're Miami jaded, and then you're also you work in this business where you see you see the behind the scenes stuff, and you're like, oh no, not having it. So, so you go for the the more Spartan packaging. I'm gonna say something sexist too. Sorry, Natalie. Uh, but uh, whenever my wife goes and buys a wine, she'll go for like the Menage a Trois. Some type of thing, and I'm like, you Whoa. know, they're going for the name Sexy on this. Time. There's, there's <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, Jazz? <laughs> Life is good. So, yeah. So I, I'm, I really steer cl clear from all the overpackaging and try to, you know, try to make my decision. Listen, based I don't want to, I don't want to dissuade any potential sponsors of the show. Menage a Trois is a, it's got a great name. But it it's not overpackaged. But it does appeal to the lady the wine buyer. Sure. Lady. Uh, Skinny girl vodka. You know, no, that's another no, no question about it. Thing, no question so. about it. Whatever. But but listen, Menage a Trois. If you feel like sponsoring the show, we'd be fine with it. We sure. will taste it with a cigar. Skinny girl, also. Also, <laughs> a skinny girl. Uh, <laughs> all right. Speaking of skinny girls, uh, our friend Nicole from K Rock in L A. Our High school Gables High alum. I had a crush on her. You did, huh? Oh, she was cute. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, tell tell us what she did. So she oh, uh, first tell us about yeah, her, yeah, right? Yeah. So like, she uh, she comes from a very successful family, by the way. She has a brother that was an Olympic uh, skater, uh, ice skater, speed skater. Uh, the other brother started all of the CrossFits down here in uh, South Florida. So they're all um, overachievers. So she. Went to high school with us, and she decided to head out west, you know, for gold. And she uh, she became a, a DJ out of K Rock, a very successful one. She's been there forever. Iconic radio station. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, she had I follow her on Instagram. And she recently put out a post um, talking about the perfect perfect song. So she wanted to get some feedback and find out uh, from the listeners of the station what you felt the perfect song was. I mean, that's a very subjective. And K Rock is know. a rock station. Yeah, 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 it's a very subjective term. But you know, the the answers that I was noticing on the feedback were very varied. You know, and and yeah, and very diverse. So. So I had to put my own two cents into this, right? And everybody had, you know, everybody was going like Hotel Californias and things like that. And I had to come in with my perfect song, which gets okay, me in the mood. Right. Wait, wait, get you in the mood for what? It gets me into a mood. Okay, okay. All right, fair. Gets me into an island mood, if anybody can guess what it is. Guesses? Do it, Guesses? Jimmy. Do it, Jimmy. And then I went Margaritaville. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett. Buffett. For sure. I, was, I wasn't talking Jimmy Page. I was talking, you said <laughs> Island. I knew it was Jimmy Buffett. So Margaritaville, that's your perfect song. Because it does what you want it to do. Is that is that kind of your criteria? I mean, I have a lot of perfect songs. But at the time, uh, yeah, I, at the time I wanted to get a couple laughs out of it and whatever. And so that's what I went with. But uh, what what... I know you're a move, uh, music buff. What uh, what's your perfect also song? very also very difficult for me because I have, you know, it it depends if I'm driving, if I'm hanging out, if I'm smoking a cigar, right? Like there's all these different. But if you said, listen, you can only you got one more one more to go. You got one more song in your chief. Mm-hmm. What do you want to hear? Like that's how I'm looking at Last the criteria song before they electrocute you. Yeah, but but then also one other bit of criteria. When you're looking at a perfect song, I also, I'm not just saying like the song that I want to hear at the last. There's a little bit more to it because I think it's a a well-crafted song. Okay. Okay. That instrumentally is great. Story-wise is great. Right. And so it's hard. It's, it's, uh, for me, it would, it would be Thunder Road. Bruce Springsteen, the boss. Ooh. And I'm sure that on that, post that you were reading there was a million entries for thunder road can we, play, can we play a little thunder road just a little hit him with a little just a little okay but it's it's such a great song it's got the the wording on it he paints a picture and you're seeing it and you're seeing like that jersey in the late 70s and you're it's like that's it kind of paints that picture and it gets you in that mindset okay uh, so i love that if i'm if i want a little bit more let's oh by the way best one two punch i think on an album is thunder road 10th uh 10th avenue freeze out so let's let's go album what's your oh, favorite boy. albums oh boy all time if i'm just picking one one album all right, but I just you, gave you. you a, a, we're smoking a cigar. You need, yeah. You're smoking a, a long culebra, <laughs> <laughs> and you want to hear a great album from front to back. What do you What are you pulling out? Uh, okay, look, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go album. There's too many of them. Oh, I'm gonna go because you know today people are listening a lot of music. They're listening to a lot of music on on YouTube. So I'm gonna go an NPR Tiny Desk concert. The Mac Miller Tiny Desk Concert. What is outrageously good? Outrageous! It's it's three songs and it's they're three very different songs. The guy on the second song, which is uh, what's the use? I think 
the guy that plays bass on it, his name is Thundercat. Holy shit. He puts on a master class of how to play bass in this song. And it is amazing. Amazing. Mac Miller, rest in peace. But holy shit, when that second track, and then the third track, he brings in these like these three uh, instrumentalists. And just amazing. So I would go, I would go with that, with uh, Mac Miller in a Tiny Desk concert. I think that's nice. That gets me. Well, what about you? So album wise, again, everybody can, everybody, everybody's got a lot of songs. I have tons of music. I have a very, very diverse taste, but if I had to pick one album, I would probably go Pearl Jam 10. Oh, solid. That was like in our high school days. Yeah, but man, every song. I mean, and I love a bunch of their other albums too, but that one album was like just classic, like front to back. Yeah, no, no, I, I got no no complaint. You know what? Uh, I do want to give a shout out to our buddy Martin, uh, his son, Anthony, uh, sorry, Matthew, who plays in a band called The Wrong Number. Oh, These awesome. guys are guys super, jam. super talented. Yep. Super talented. So... Check those guys out on on uh, on Spotify. The wrong number. Really good stuff. What about what about when you are working out? What do you? What's your workout? I don't work out much. No, <laughs> me neither. You do. You do the more horizontal workout nowadays. All right, so not, let's change not, it. So. Not much of that either. <laughs> Times are tough. Times are tough. Hit a bit of a dry spell. Uh, with the old wife. Uh so what would no give me a give me a love making album. What you got? <laughs> love making, huh? I didn't know what Let's to call see. it. Let's see. When I'm all alone, what do I like <laughs> to hear? <laughs> oh by myself. What kind all of mood do I want to get it? Myself. Here I go again on my own. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> On cue. Well done. Well done, sir. <laughs> uh, if you're thinking, oh, you guys planned that out. No, we didn't. That was perfect. <laughs> that was freaking perfect. So, so. all right. So let, let's take a let's take a quick break as we ponder Ivan's lonely lovemaking. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and let's hear from Jasper. Give us a sec. All right. We'll be right back. Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5 by 54 Torpedo, a 6 by 54 Toro, a 6 by 60 Gran Toro, a 5x54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas, which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's 65 x 52 Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops, so ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram at Artesano Del Tobacco. All right, and uh, we're back. We're back and we're, uh, let's, how about a quick update on the cigar? Where are you at with the uh, Brickhouse Culebra 
125th anniversary event cigar. I've had to relight it a couple times, so maybe it might need a yeah. little bit more backbone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but the flavors are still very good. Uh, I get a lot of uh, nut. Uh, I get cinnamon, uh, maybe like a hint of red pepper. Yeah, I think that that's kind of in line with what that cigar is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Mine is now starting to taste more like what the normal Brickhouse Maduro is supposed to taste like. <clears throat> and so it has a little bit more of that uh, maltiness and, and a little bit of alcohol. No, that's not the... No. no that's the Chimay that I'm drinking. <laughs> that I drank. We're out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so the cigar does have that like earthy, uh, peppery, maybe a touch of dark chocolate in it. You know, uh, maybe, still, maybe, yeah, I'm, very interesting, very interesting cigar. Maybe I'm having the combustion is- issues because it's pinched in over here where, you know, where you're supposed to, where it was where twisted. Where it took that curve. Yeah, where it took the curb. And then uh, maybe the, the smoke isn't getting through there. Sure. Yeah, that makes good sense. Good enough. So maybe that's it. But the flavors are still there. Very good. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about. What's been going on? What is happening, right? This whole cancel situation. So we've got, now they're saying that Mount Rushmore needs to be taken down, right? Okay. So the Native Americans are complaining uh, that Mount Rushmore is a symbol of of white supremacy and stolen land, right? Okay. And, it's, and the, the monument itself is on stolen land. I'm always trying to, you know me, I'm always trying to see both sides of the picture. Uh, but <clears throat> it gets it gets to a point where, here's how I do it. Like, this is how I, I, I try to deal with these issues. This is how I try to think about them. Uh, I think about in the same way when you have an argument with your wife, right? Oh. You have an argument with your wife and you go, oh, never, boy, I never win those. If I go, no, of course. <laughs> but if I keep going down this path, if I stay headstrong on this and I say, this is not negotiable, we got it. I have to be right on this. Then where does that road lead me to? Okay. And then that invariably gets me to, okay, is this worth that? Right. Okay. And so when I look at this, I say, we're going down this path. Where does this path lead us to? Right. And so what you if you keep going down the path of, yes, uh, Mount Rushmore is a sign of white supremacy and and stealing land and and uh, repropriating stuff or <clears throat> then we're going to go down the path where eventually Every, everything was nothing, stolen. Yeah. The United States. Everything was stolen. The United States uh, cannot exist anymore if that's the path we're going down. Right. And if you want to con- and then you continue down the path, you say neither can most countries in Europe. Uh, and it, what are we going to go? We're going to go all the way back to, so, uh, to not civilization. Like, just what? What are we doing? So, uh, so I, I can't, I can't agree with that one. Uh, was it wrong? Absolutely. And so, Mount Rushmore and and taking taking that land from the Native Americans was not the right thing to do when it was done, but it's done, right? And they and it has been paid back. As long as the payback is just. Uh, and and that that I think is the argument is the payback just and then you can you can have that argument on another day, but but you got you you can't you can't 
you can't start tearing everything down because then at the end you're going to tear it all down because this is not anyone's land. I mean, you want to go back? It's not even the Native Americans' land. It's nobody's land. So we can't we can't keep going down this path. And I think that if we all figure out how to be better together, we come out on the other side with something more beautiful uh, and good for everyone. And so that that's where I'm at. I'm sorry that I went so long winded. No, I mean it's a very you know it's a very heartfelt topic, especially for us being Cuban, where. My parents, one of the things they, of course, they lost property and, and businesses, everything. Yeah. One of the things that hurts them the most is like the street that they lived on. The name was changed. The parks that they used to go to, the, the names were changed. The places where they were married, they changed. So everything is like it was totally erased. So every their entire life, their their history, their their childhood is just was like just wiped out. So. Yeah. So it 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 sucks when you see everything being torn down, of course, uh, and so, and it, we're also getting that now on the Masters tournament, the golf tournament. Oh, that's gonna be tough. They're they're also saying that the Masters now, you know, needs to change its name. You know that until I heard that, I had never thought of the Masters as anything other. But then again, again, that's not my culture, so I don't know. But I never thought of the masters as slave masters or plantation masters or anything. I thought it was masters like the masters of golf. Masters of a skill. Yeah, yes. like the guys <laughs> who had mastered this game. I right. always looked at it that way. Is that not where the name comes? You're the golf guy, so no, I don't yeah. know. I mean, that club has always been one of the most elitist, yes, racist, sexist clubs around. But it's a private group, and they choose not to allow... Well, they cho- chose not chose, to allow. Chose, but not anymore. Right, right, not anymore. But for for a long time, they chose not to allow any black or women members for a long time. So, do they have the history of that? Yes. However, it was a it's a private organization, and I don't think their intention with the naming of that tournament was to ever be, be racist in any way. Yeah. Even though they did have uh, membership policies that that did reflect that. Yeah. No. And uh, and obviously that. I condemn. Of course. Right? Like, I, I want no part of that. Of course not. Right? But but in terms of the name, the Masters, I really thought that it was guys who had mastered golf. Right. Not, not mastered uh, enslaving people, which is, again, completely deplorable. Nothing that I would ever want anything to do with. Uh, so. They'll have a tough time changing that one. But, again, it's a private club. So. Right. I mean, but it would be about sponsors, right? If they start to lose sponsors, then right. then that's when it becomes an issue. So, staying on the on the golf front, we have live golf Ooh, going on. Jasper, hit me with the horn. <laughs> one more horn from the Jaspy one. So, uh, so we got the Travelers Championship, right? And we've got we've got these cats up at the top. There's a Gordon, uh, never heard McKenzie, of never heard of him. Right, I had to do a little research when you told me we we're going to talk about travelers. So yeah, the, so you've got in the somewhere in the top six, I think you've got uh, this Will Gordon guy, Mackenzie. I can't remember his name. Uh, I I've never heard of him. He's uh, it's what's his name again? Mackenzie Hughes. You've got Phil, uh, Shander, uh, Xander Shoffley, who him I've heard of, Brendan Steele, uh, and Rory McIlroy. Those are the top six. I don't know about you, but 
it might my money would be on on Phil uh and Rory maybe Xander uh but it's it's those guys that have done it that do it on Sunday Will Gordon God bless you you're 12 under right now you've got a, a decent lead he got in on a sponsor's exemption and shot 62 yesterday wow. it's going to be very hard to to replicate to that again to to put up yep. what that that's that's a career round you know that's yep. that's as good as it gets very hard to follow that up he he was the SEC player of the year uh, like in 2019 or something, and he's done okay on the uh, Canadian tour, but it's gonna be very hard to follow that up. But these kids nowadays, man, they really they play without conscience at all. Yeah, they, without any fear whatsoever. None at all. They they have. The, well, he he's gonna need that. He's gonna if he's gonna it. hold on hold on uh, yeah. on Sunday because when you have Phil breathing down your neck, and Phil's Rory, old though. Yeah, he's old, man, but he knows how to get it done at That's the end. True. That's true. And when you've got a tournament with no Tiger uh, and no uh, Brooks Kepka, who withdrew because of uh, COVID, uh, so no Tiger, no Kepka, Phil and Rory have to be the, the, oh, the I like, favorites here. I like Shoffley there. You do like Shoffley? Yeah, he's <clears throat> he's playing out. Of, he's playing great. So, All right. Well, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what happens. But uh, but yeah, that's fun. We've got some. I'll, I'll be watching this weekend uh, with my kids. I've I've fully converted them to watching golf. Cool. There's not a lot to choose from right now, anyway. Um, but you know what? There is. There will be soon. Uh, we got the uh, NBA starting to come back. Okay. So they'll be reporting to training camp on like July 7th. So that's right around the corner. Right. And then MLB is going to have their shortened uh, season. What I want to know from you is no i won't be watching baseball no but i the, know you won't be watching baseball <laughs> i would never ask you that who do you think in this like funky orlando nba playoff thing who do you have as the two teams going to the finals so from what i read it's 22 teams correct 22 teams that play an eight regular season um play in eight games to try to determine the seeding to go into that. Yeah, the seeding games. So it it turns into a little bit of a into like a a, a college bracket, right? NCAA. Absolutely. It, so it that, will look it will look and it will actually feel that way for consumers because we will have to watch if you want to watch, you will have to watch during the day in some cases because it's it's 60 games in a very sorry, not 60 games. It's 22 teams playing this tournament in a very shortened time format. So so there will be daytime games and stuff like that. So yeah. So um the West, Anthony Davis and LeBron is going to they're going to be very tough to beat because those are two of the best players in the league and they happen to be on the same team. So I think LA and the West is going to be tough and then the East is is wide open, I guess. I'm going to have to be the homer and pull pull for the Heat. You know my my problem with the Heat uh as you know, I absolutely love the Heat. It all depends. Like, can they? They were on such a groove, right? All these young players uh, were, as you said earlier, playing without fear. And I don't know if they'll be able to find that magic so quickly again. Hopefully, they do. Uh, but I, I think, I think a team with a bona fide like just guy who can take over a game like uh, Giannis, like Milwaukee. I think that's going to be tough to beat out of the East. We'll see. But uh, I certainly hope that he can do it. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, so. we I think the the Heat played them tough earlier in the they regular did. They season. They absolutely did, but the Heat were playing so well when yeah. this when this whole thing. But maybe hit maybe the skids. maybe this uh this this pause in the season gave them some time to you know. Well, to one work of the positives, I mean, if we're gonna stick with the Heat, one of the positives is uh, they've gotten healthy, right? Yeah. And the way that the Heat play, part of their style is to play balls to the wall the entire game. Uh, that tenacious, relentless defense. So that will be interesting. If they can, because they will be healthy, they'll have Myers Leonard back, who was who was out. Uh, so everyone will kind of be healthy again. And they have an edge in the whole, you know, coaching GM. That they do. That they do. You know, this is these we are always have that unprecedented times, and you know everybody has to adjust. And and I think Pat Riley would figure out a way how to adjust yeah. as good as anybody. Yep, yep. So so anyway, let's see what happens. Uh, who do you have? Who do you have winning? You said you Xander Shoffley uh, on the. That's who you're going to pick? Sure. I, I'm going to go. I know you don't like him, but I'm going to say Rory pulls this one no, out. No, those are harsh words. <laughs> you don't love him. No, nah, no, nah, he's <laughs> fine. He's fine. He's a great player. All right, so we'll see who wins uh, on the other side of this. Listen, guys, one thing I do want to ask you uh, for a favor. Please go on uh, on your Apple podcast, if that's where you listen to podcast. Hit five stars if you like our podcast. Write a review. Uh, tell us what you think. We will, uh, starting starting next show, we will be reading uh, some of our favorite reviews. If you have a question, you want something answered, put it right there in the review. We'll read it next week. We're going to be printing some too because we got a lot of good feedback. Exactly. Feed- we got yeah, a lot of fact, good yeah, feedback. In, so. a, in the upcoming issue, we will be, uh, we'll be posting some of the uh, reviews, some of the things that you guys have said. Uh, and thank you for, for those who have already done that. Uh, we'll be reading some of the things you guys have said on uh, not reading. We will be printing, printing. it in the feedback section uh, of the magazine. So anyway, hope you guys uh, stay safe. Be cool. Uh, try to eliminate hate. Smoke yep. good cigars. Yep. And uh, have a good time, guys. See you later. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Tune in next time for more nonsense and chicanery. But in the meantime, you can find previous episodes of the podcast on cigarsnob.com slash podcast. Follow us at Cigar Snob Mag on all the social media platforms and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple Podcast. Until next time, hasta luego.